My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. You're with myself, Muhammad Zain Machit, and uh, of course, uh, it being at the Voice of the Cape. And yes, our SMS line is open immediately, so send through your questions via the SMS line to the number 47913. That is, of course, uh, 47913. And uh, joining us online live from Johannesburg to answer all of your questions, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir. Assalamu alaikum Mufti. Assalamu alaikum Mufti. How are you? Alhamdulillah, mashallah. How's Mufti keeping? Alhamdulillah. Mufti, quickly, two, three things. Next week, Thursday, we're going to Mauritius, my wife and myself, inshallah, for about 19 days. Inshallah. So, inshallah. So if you want, then we can record next week, Tuesday, 10 to 11. Is it okay with you? Inshallah, we can do that, Mufti. We are yeah. live now, inshallah. So uh, we're taking our, uh, our SMS slide to the number 47913, inshallah. And whatever questions our listeners have, they're more than welcome to send through uh, to Mufti. So yes, inshallah, I'll take note of that. And uh, we will definitely uh, look at what we can do uh, for next week our very first question uh, this evening it says Mufti I'm studying and when I recite or read I don't remember everything can Mufti please give some advice uh, on the Salah or etc what I can do inshallah all praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When a person has a weak memory, then the example of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala comes to mind. The incident is mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I learn, I forget, and I don't have a good memory. Mustafa Sallallahu said, on the night of Jumu'ah, that's tonight, later to Jumu'ah, after Maghrib, after Isha, you read four rakat salat. In the first rakat, Surah Fatiha, Surah Yasin. Second rakat, Surah Fatiha, Surah Dukhan, that is chapter 44 of the Noble Quran. And then you read Surah Fatiha and Surah Al-Islam in Sajda. And then Surah Fatiha and Surah Tabarak al So that is how, if you don't know this Surah the heart, look inside the Quran Kareem. And out of Salat, you can read it also. Inshallah, Almighty Allah will bless you with a powerful, retentive memory, Inshallah. I mean, Inshallah. The voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. And you can SMS us your questions to the number 47913. Uh, Mufti, which of Allah's 99 names is appropriate to use when making dua for a cure of an ailment? The best will be to read Ya Salamu, Ya Salamu, 
because that is for safety and so forth. So we're begging Allah to give us health, to give us safety. So read Ya Salamu, Ya Salamu abundantly, and inshallah the person will be cured from the sickness and ailment. Uh, next question, Mufti uh, says, uh, Mufti, I have a stepdaughter that lives with us. She does as she pleases, comes home early hours of the morning. My wife does not want to reprimand her. Um, I want to divorce both of them. Can Mufti please give some advice? But regarding the question, we just need to rectify it. You don't have to divorce the stepdaughter. <laughs> You're not married to her. You're married to your wife. So obviously, if your wife is not, you know, really worried about the daughter and she comes in the early part of the morning and so forth, so that's very, very bad, you know. So you must give her an ultimatum if this is how she wants to carry on, that her daughter becomes immoral and so forth, then you have all the right to divorce her and give her one more chance. And if she changes, alhamdulillah, otherwise you have all the right and there will be no sin upon you in divorcing her. Shukam Mufti, next question, uh, uh, three sentences, it says, uh, Salam Mufti, I'm a student of Deen, a teacher of Deen and also a housewife. I see to the expenses of my studies alone, my toiletries, clothes, spending money, everything. My studies has become too intense for me to give uh, the haq of everything in my life. I decided to leave my studies and my husband is forcing me to go, although he doesn't help me uh, alleviating any of my difficulties and duties. Is he allowed to do this? Remember, sister, when you are shirking your other responsibilities, whether it's your husband's responsibilities or your children's responsibilities or your own personal responsibilities, then it's not compulsory for you to go on studying. You can leave your studies and it's not permissible for your husband to impose upon you that daily now you go and study and so forth. So you try and lead a simple life and whatever you can do, you can study from home also and there's reading books and so forth. So that will be sufficient. So no sense going and killing yourself in the process. So my advice to you, you and your husband speak it out and be frank with one another and tell him that he must also be paying for some of the expenses because in Islam, the expenses of the rental, water, lights, food, clothing, all that education is on the husband and not on the wife. So you can indeed uh, keep those uh, questions coming via the SMS line 47913. Now, Mufti, my father was never part of my life. He denied me as a child. I tried three times to make him a part of my life, but he don't come near or seems interested, Mufti. In a case like that, Nabi said, you, the son and daughter, you must still keep contact and some ties with your father. Even if the parents are wrong, so you must not have ties with him, although he's so difficult with you and so forth. So you read Surah 17 and verse 24, Rabbi rahamuhuma kama rabbayani sagheera. So in that way, Allah have mercy on my parents, as they nurtured me when I was young and a baby and so forth. So anyway, although he's in a wrong, but you, when you see him, meet him, make salam and so forth. So in that way, inshallah, you are fulfilling your responsibility. Indeed, our next SMS, it says, Mufti, is it allowed to recite Quran without hudu? And what about the verses to recite before tahajjud after awakening? And is it allowed to use Allah's name in the toilet? I'll get you to ponder over that and get Mufti to answer it after this, inshallah. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape.
Welcome back to 91.3 FM, the Voice of the Cape, and the program, of course, the Q&A. Uh, continue sending uh, your questions via the SMS line to the number 47913. Well, the question we posed, Mufti, before the break, in fact, uh, I should say the SMS that had three questions in it. It says, uh, Mufti, is it allowed to recite Quran without Hudu? Number one, what about the verses to recite before Tahajjud after awakening? And is it allowed to use Allah's name in the toilet, Mufti? When a person reads the Noble Qur'an, if you are reading by memory, by heart, then you do not require wudu. For example, I read Qur'an Sharif now. I do have wudu, but let's say I don't have wudu, so that will be permissible. However, <coughs> if a person is reading the Qur'an Kareem and you are touching the Noble Qur'an, then you require wudu. As the Qur'an Kareem states, لا يمسه إلا المتوحرون so when reading the Qur'an and touching the Qur'an, then you must have wudu. From memory, then you don't require wudu. Second issue, which verses should you recite when you wake up in the early part of the morning, 2, 3, 4 o'clock? Then you read Surah Al-Imran, Surah number 3, verses 190 to 200. Inna fi samawati wal ard, right till the end of the Surah, verses 190 up to 200, the end of the Surah. And third one, then, when you are in the toilet and so forth, then obviously there you can't read Qur'an Sharif and so forth. But I think the brother's question might be, let's say, for example, you're in a toilet and you sneeze. Now you say, Alhamdulillah. So you don't say, Alhamdulillah, by moving your lips. That you just say it in your mind, so that will be fine and acceptable. Indeed, Mufti, moving on to our next question. It says, uh, Mufti, can Mufti please explain, uh, if I'm a Salafi, am I considered a Muslim? If not, what is the difference between a Sunni and a Salafi? <coughs> to put your mind at ease, brother, sister, every person who's a Salafi is a Muslim. No one will say that you're out of the fold of Islam. So yes, you are a Muslim. That's first issue. Second issue is this, our problem with the Salafis is majority of them don't have the knowledge of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, but they want to say that they want to follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah directly. They don't want to accept the Sharia as we accept it with the interpretation of the Shafi'is or Hanafis or Malikis and Hanbalis. So we say that in the ending, then you can start following your own warm's fancies and desires. So that is the problem. We have experienced this many times with the Salafis. Majority of them don't have sufficient knowledge and therefore then they end up following their base desires. Now, should we give money to the Muslim beggars whom we deprive, who rather we drive past every day, who stand at the beg all day every day for many years, Mufti? Remember, this is a three-part question. One is a person who is a professional beggar. That they have no physical disability, nothing. So people like that, we should not give them. Rather, give them some advice. Because in Islam, now we are promoting this vice. Mustafa وسلم, told of Sahabi that bring you whatever you got. He brought the cup and so forth, sold it, and said, now go and work. I don't want to see you for two weeks. So we need to teach them how to fish and not just give them the fish because we need to get them off the road. That's for the professional beggar. Second case will be a person is really in dire straits, physical disability, so forth, so on. 
no one to help him, then definitely as a Muslim person or as a human being, even a non-Muslim, then we should help them. And the third scenario will be that way we want to help them, but you know in South Africa today crime is so rife and rampant. Sometimes you open your window, they want to steal your whole wallet and everything. So where you see scenarios like that, then rather don't give. Remember to protect ourselves and our family is much more important. The voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on the voice of the Cape and continue sending through your questions via the SMS line to the number 47913. Do that now. Don't wait till the end of the program. Uh, then we might not have time to answer your question. Uh, Mufti, can Mufti please explain what some of the virtues are of making salawat on the Prophet on a Thursday evening? First and foremost, we must understand Surah 33, Surah Ahzab, verse 56. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala states, Inna Allaha wa malaikatahu yuswalluna ala nabi. Verily, Almighty Allah Jalla Wala, the angels send salutations upon Nabiul Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. One can read the entire Quran Kareem from Surah Fatiha to Surah An-Nas. One will not find any action that Almighty Allah commands us, ordinary Muslims, people, mortals to do. And Allah is doing that, except salawat upon Nabiul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hence the verse goes on, Ya ayyuhallazina amanu, O you who believe, swallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima, read salat and salam. So we say, Allahumma swalli wa sallim wa barik ala sayyidina wa habibina wa shafi'ina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Especially on the night of Jumu'ah, tonight after Maghrib, after Isha, is a command and injunction and instruction from Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Aktiru minas salati alayya yawm al-jumu'ah. Read salawat upon me daily, but on the night of Friday, the day of Friday, you increase the quantity and amount. The more the hadith in Mishkat Sharif, the more salawat durood we read, the more our iman will increase. The more the love for Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa will increase. And the more and more our sins will get forgiven. Our rank and status will be elevated. And remember Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa will intercede for us. So it's a win-win situation in this world and in the year after. Indeed, uh, Mufti, we're going to take one more before we pay the bills. It says, Salam Mufti, if two people committed zina and they uh, felt regret and repented for it, will their marriage be valid thereafter? Okay, this is a case that they are a couple, boyfriend, girlfriend, and thereafter they got married and so forth. So we must remember for that crime day in a true Islamic state, then you will get 100 lashes each, and that will be given in public, as mentioned in Surah 24, Surah Nur, verses 2 and 3. So therefore, you must understand it's a grievous and a serious crime, but all Allah states, La taqnatu mir rahmatillah, never lose hope in the mercy of all Allah. Inna Allah yaghfiru zunuba jami'a, verily all Allah forgives all the sins, so daily make tawbah and beg Almighty Allah for forgiveness. And inshallah, Almighty Allah is there, all forgiving, and Allah will forgive. 
Inshallah. Well, that uh, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Keep those uh, questions coming via the SMS line on the number 47913. And remember, SMSs are charged at 150. Now, Mufti, I'm a bit confused because uh, Alim in Cape Town said that it is permissible to attend uh, the funerals and to go to the graveyard of non-Muslims. He said that Imam Al-Nanawi gives permission in his book Al-Majmu and Imam Shafi also gives permission. He also uses the Prophet say, uh, or rather uh, the proof that Sayyidina Ali buried his own father Abu Talib. We'll get a comment from Mufti after this. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. We continue now with Q&A on 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Machid. On the line, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein answering all of her questions. Well, the question we posed, Mufti, before the break, it says, Mufti, I'm confused. A alim in Cape Town said that it is permissible to attend the funeral uh, and to go to the graveyard of non-Muslims. He said that uh, Imam Nanawi gives permission in his book, Al-Majmu, and Imam Shafi also gives permission. He also uses the proof that Sayyidina Ali buried his own father, uh, Abu Talib Mufti. Brother, we will take you out from your confusion and don't blow your fuses in the process, my brother. The greatest kitab for us as Muslims is the noble Quran, Kitabullah. You go to Quran Karim, Surah 9, Surah Tawbah, verse 84, and they all, Allah, addressing Mustafa, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, says, وَلَا تُسْوَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا Never ever pray for any one of them, the non-Muslims, وَلَا تَقُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِ And don't stand by their graves. Clearly in the Quran, إِنَّهُمْ كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ they have died as non-Muslims, rejecting the oneness of Allah wa Rasulihi, rejecting Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa matu wa hum fasikun, and they died as transgressors, non-Muslims. Surah 9, Surah Tawbah, verse 84. You mention of Abu Talib, Abu Talib died a kafir, and this was right in the initial stages when Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa was 50, 51 years old. So it shows that you can't bring a dalil and evidence that is, before the hijrah, when these verses were revealed after the hijrah, and to say that, you know, it's like saying that a person can drink alcohol because in the starting of Islam they were drinking alcohol. So obviously that doesn't work that way. We say Allama Nawawi, Rahimahullah, and them are great scholars, but it doesn't mean everything written in the book of jurisprudence we can just accept. We first give preference to Quran Kareem according to all the scholars. Imam Shafi Rahimahullah said, if you see my verdict is against the Quran, the Hadith, for the Ribhu Bil Jidar, take my verdict and throw it against the wall. So therefore it's absolutely haram for a Muslim person to go and participate in kafir janaza, non-Muslim janaza, to go to the graveyard and so forth, definitely not permissible, as enshrined clearly in the Quran, Surah 9, verse 84. Shukran Mufti, now can you use your wife's inheritance to perform Akika Mufti? 
Remember, Atika is the responsibility of the father. And if the father is going to use the mother, meaning his wife's money or inheritance, then he must take permission from her. He can't just take that money and say, no, on no, that's not permissible. The wife, the mother of that boy or girl has to give permission, or maybe she can give it as a loan and tell the husband, for the days and run, and then you have to pay me back. So all these are possibilities. But just to take the money and use it, that's definitely not permissible. La yahillu maalu mur'im muslimin illa minhu. The wealth of a Muslim person is not halal, except if it is given wholeheartedly with permission, not just you impose upon the person and take the money. The hadith in Mishkashri. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Uh, the, uh, the program is, of course, Q&A on uh, The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Now, Mufti, if I give a baby shower and not ask anybody to bring any gifts, uh, would it still be unacceptable or haram for me to host a baby shower? Remember, that is not a baby shower, brother, sister. <laughs> you must remember that. So you are telling people to come. So tell the people that no, you are inviting them for a meal or you are inviting them for get-together or something. So remember in Islam there are two terminologies and both are prohibited. One is Israf, with the scene. Israf means kulu wa shurabu wa la tusrifu. Eat and drink and do not waste. So Israf. And one is Ishraf expectation of something now you want to call people you say no i won't call it a baby shower but i will tell them to come but you're already expecting something mustafa sallallahu alayhi you are take this you never asked for it you never expected it then if people give you without invite without asking for it without expecting it then barakah will come in it the hadith mentioned in bulughul maram musnad ahmad various compilations uh, Mufti, can I, uh, where's the question now? It says, uh, Mufti, can my daughter study to become a philosopher? Is it permissible in Islam? Remember that for your daughter to become a philosopher and all this type of things, we will not encourage that. One is that many a time she will have to go to university and so forth for a subject which is not going to help the ummah very much. Secondly, there are so many other things she can study where the ummah can benefit much, much more. So we will say it is discouraged and rather don't study that. Bufti, can I delay a janazah to wait for someone uh, to come and arrive from Joburg, Durban, etc.? And for how long can I, if it's permissible? Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam said we must make ta'ajil, we must make haste regarding janazah. For in Ghana khairan, if that person is a pious person, take him to a better place, why leave him here and delay? For in Ghana sharran, then if there were a bad person, then take him off your neck quickly. So therefore the janazah is taking place in Cape Town. Now we're going to wait for the person from Johannesburg, Durban, delay the janazah two, three hours. People are coming by plane, definitely not permissible there. She can indeed uh, continue sending those SMSs to the number 47913. The next question is, uh, Mufti, when a husband has an orgasm, he uh, invokes Allah's name. Is this permissible? Remember, brother, that when you start husband-wife relationship, that... Then when you start the husband-wife relationship, 
That's the time they should make the dua. Bismillah, jannibni wa jannibi shaitan amazatana. That, oh Allah, that we're taking your name, save us and save our offspring from all this shaitan and their impact and effect. This dua mentioned in Bukhari Sharif. Then when the husband has ejaculation and so forth, then you say, Allahumma la tajal li shaitan in nasibam min mazatani. Now all this you say in your mind, not that one side your royal, your rainbow is coming out and everything ejaculating, and one side you announcing also, no. So what you do, that is you must remember, you say in your mind, and not move now your tongue and lips and all these type of things. Your lips can get visited by your wife, brother. <laughs> she can indeed, uh, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseinia on 91.3 FM. Next question, uh, Mufti, my marriageable cousin has impregnated me and I'm nearly two months. He now wants me to either claim it as someone else's or have an abortion. He's married, and I will not uh, come between that, but I believe a child needs both parents, and I don't believe in abortions, but I'm starting to question my worth, Mufti. First and foremost, you must realize both of you are guilty. You are guilty of fornication, so Islamically you deserve to be punished with a hundred lashes in public, Surah 24, Surah Nur, verse 2 and 3. He is guilty of adultery because he's married, so he that is punishable by death, according to all four schools, Shafi, Maliki, Hanafi, Hanbali school. So both of you have committed a terrible, terrible crime, and to make matters worse, now you are pregnant. Remember, abortion is haram. So one side you committed zina, fornication, now you're going to commit murder if you go ahead with abortion. So that's out of the question. Then the next one is, you will blame somebody else. No, why must you blame somebody else? So if you want to save his marriage, fine, you don't expose him. But remember, you have the right to expose him as well, Islamically. But if you don't want to do that, then these are your options. You continue making tawbah and repent to Almighty Allah. Inshallah, your baby will be born. Then you can keep the baby, and the baby will be illegitimate and will carry your surname. Or you can let's give the baby up for orphanage and to an orphanage or for adoption and so forth. So all these are your options there. But remember that adoption, that abortion is not an option. And remember, don't blame some innocent party. If you want to blame somebody, then you blame him and you can tell his family about it. So these are your options that you can. So you must see which option you want to exercise. Indeed, uh, Mufti, next question. Is it allowed for a male to cut his hair in two different lengths, Mufti? It is not permissible. Naha Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil qaza. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited the ummah for the men that they cut their hair. Even for ladies to make layers and all that is not permissible. So remember, it will not be permissible that you have to imitate some soccer star or some actor or some idol or whatever. And then the other crime also comes in. Man Whoever imitates a person, a people, then you become part and parcel of them. So definitely unacceptable, not permissible. Shukran. I see all these questions coming through on a Thursday night. We know there's lots of baraka. So uh, a listener wants to know, can a wife, is a wife allowed to sing and dance? for her husband Mufti? Remember when the husband and wife are alone 
then there is no hijab parda between them. So if now she shakes her body a little bit, maybe the husband is half sleepy and all that, you know, it will wake him up also. So that's fine, there's no problem, but that is only for the husband, not for anybody else. So, and she sings, as long as the words are acceptable, it's fine. But not that she takes a guitar and drums and all that, big, big, and makes a big noise, that is not permissible, obviously. She can indeed keep those SMSs coming to the number 47913. The program, of course, being QA on the Voice of the Cape. And do remember that SMSs are charged at 150. Now, Mufti, I'm always hearing of ladies older than 60 going on Umrah, but they have no mahram. Um, they claim if they go in a group of ladies of similar age, it should be fine, Mufti. Imam Shafi'i, Rahimamullah, Imam Malik, Rahimamullah said, that if a lady goes for further hajj because they don't have a mahram or it's not available and so forth, then it's permissible. But for nafil hajj, a voluntary hajj, umrah, that is not permissible. So people are just making their own loopholes because they want to go to the Haramain Sharifain. Remember, it is not permissible according to any school that a group of ladies just go for Umrah and they don't have their husband or mahram with them. Definitely not permissible, irrespective of the age. Now, Mufti, if your son from a previous marriage takes the, the father to a maintenance court for more money, uh, would this be a right in Islam, even though I pay maintenance of 2,000 rand every month on time, Mufti? Remember that if you are paying 2,000 rand and you are paying it monthly and so forth, then for the son or the family and so forth to take you to the maintenance court would not be permissible if that's the maximum amount you can afford. But if you take inflation and all that and you can afford more, then obviously. But remember, the maintenance is for the son and daughter, but not for the wife after the idda. Because the wife, you only are responsible for her during the idda period. And post-iddat period, after the expiry, she cannot claim anything. The children can claim, but remember, they also need to be reasonable and not let greed overtake them. That is not permissible. Um, next question, Mufti. My husband has a tendency to say that if uh, people suffer on earth, then Allah has forgiven them for their sins and now they will be going to Jannah. Is this correct? Remember, it is half correct and half incorrect. Let's take an example that you go to a person, that person is really ill, you know, suffering cancer and all the terrible dreaded diseases, Allah forbid, Allah forbid. So therefore, as Muslims, we should go encourage that person and tell him or her, Tawurun, insha'Allah, this is a means of purification. Your sins are falling off and are getting wiped off. And with the grace and mercy of Allah, and inshallah, if that person now dies in that condition, then inshallah, he goes to Jannah. So that is fine till there with the grace and mercy of Allah. But you can't make this a blanket rule for everybody. You say non-Muslims and everybody, they suffered so much on earth, these wars and whatever, so therefore they'll go to Jannah. No, they are conditioned. The person has to die with Iman, with Islam. Then only will that person go to Jannah and Paradise. And that also with the mercy of Almighty Allah. Mufti, my daughter was conceived out of wedlock. Her father and I married a year later. Uh, who has the right to marry her off or stand as her wakil one day when she gets married, Mufti? Obviously, in this case here, yeah, regarding this daughter, there's no blame on her. She was ma'asum, she's innocent, but she's illegitimate, so her lineage will go to the mother and not to the father. 
So in that case, there the father does not have the authority to, to become the wali and the guardian for her at the time of nikah. So you will have to choose somebody else, you know, like your brother or somebody in that way there, and they be, or the imam, he can become the wali for her. So because the child was born out of wedlock and illegitimate. Shikundi, the voice there of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseinia on uh, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, we still have a few minutes uh, for some questions for you to answer. You can send that to the number 47913. Next question it says Mufti, can one read Surah Yasin sitting in the taxi next to a strange woman? We get a comment after this. Well, we continue now with the program Q&A here on 91.3 FM. The question we posed Mufti before the break is, Mufti, can one read Surah Yasin sitting in the taxi next to a strange woman? Mufti? When you are in a taxi or anywhere else and you want to pray P-R-A-Y Surah Yasin, by memory obviously it means, so that's fine, it's better. And if you're not going to pray there, then you, may, you might pray P-R-E-Y <laughs> on the lady there. So obviously that would not be permissible. So yes, that's very good. In fact, I just sent out, you know, two tweets this week regarding Surah Yasin. And I said, if my Twitter handle is at, you know, A Circle and A.K. Hussein, A.K.H.O.O.S.E.N., H.O.O.S.E.N. Anyway, the point I'm making, Nabi alayhi salam said, the hadith in Musnadul Bazaar, لَوَدِدْتُ أَنَّهَا فِي قَلْبِ كُلِّ إِنسَانٍ مِنْ أُمَّتِي My heart's desire is that this surah, surah Yasin, should be in the heart of every believer, every Muslim. So excellent, my brother, you continue reading surah Yasin and don't pay attention too much to the lady next to you. Inshallah. Uh, Mufti, is pus that comes from your eyes, Najasa, would it uh, make water impure? The, the, that liquid that comes out from the eye? From the eye, yeah. Pus, Imam. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is called, uh, that's why the people who have this, they are called A'mash, if they are male, or Amsha, if they are female. Remember that your wuzu will not break and is not considered najis according to the Shafis, Malikis, Ambalis. It's only the Hanafi scholars who say it is najasat and impure, and they say the wuzu breaks and so forth. But that is only the Hanafi verdict. Majority scholars say the wuzu and so forth is still valid. Now, Mufti, can I wear a gold piece that has Allah's name on it uh, to the toilet, but then cover it with my clothes when I enter the toilet? Someone told me to take it off because it is not enough to just cover it, Mufti. Inna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha dakhala al-khala naza'a khatamahu The hadith in Mishkachari, Bulughul Maram, Mustad Ahmad, various compilations. On Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's Mubarak ring, silver ring, it was engraved Muhammad Rasulullah. So before Nabi alayhi salam entered the toilet, Nabi alayhi salam would remove it and then afterwards pick it up, take it. So for you with Allah's name now to go and say you'll put it in your pocket and all that, no. So rather you leave it outside or you don't wear it at all because this is desecrating the sacred name of all Allah, hence not permissible. Now, Mufidi, is it allowed to work as a debt counselor, uh, for example, um, uh, to assist the people with getting their debt uh, all in order? That will not be permissible because, you know, we live in a capitalistic society 
ABC person, XYZ company, when people do not pay them, then they send their debt collector, or you keep on pestering the people, because now they're going to inflate the amount. That person, the debtor owed 100 rand. Now they're going to charge him 120, 150 rand, 170 rand, and you are part and parcel of that interest now. So therefore, you will become part of that system of the interest. You know the Quran, what it says of people who get involved in interest. For illam tafalu fa'azanu biharbim min Allah wa rasuli. If you don't abstain from interest-related transactions and so forth, then be prepared for a war against Allah and Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The hadith in Sahih Muslim, Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, al-mu'ti, al-akhid, al-katib, and all of them, kulluhum sawa. They're the shahid, the people who write it, the people who are witness to it, the giver, the taker. All of them are equal in sin. This is an industry Islam has condemned A to Z from the beginning to the ending. Shukran indeed. The voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussaini on the program Q&A. Um, uh, next question, Mufti. Salam. Uh, Mufti, what will be the punishment uh, for a Muslim lady uh, that wears see-through clothes and short dresses, etc.? She says that my husband likes me to wear like that. Here there are three parts to the question. All Mithya Allah Azza wa Jalla speaks of a lady, Nabi Shuaib salam's daughter, who came to call Nabi Musa salam to come home. Fajaatu ihdahuma tamshi al Her gait, G-A-I-T, her style of walking was so bashful, so much haya, modesty, shame, that all Mithya Allah praised this honorable lady. Subsequently, she even became the wife of Nabi Musa salam, Sayyida Safura radiallahu anha. Now we see our ladies today, they want to wear, not all, but many of them, see-through, transparent, short clothing. Remember the authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim. Mustafa Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Sinfani min ahalin nar walam arahuma. There are two categories of people. They land up in Jahannam and the hellfire. I did not see them, meaning they were not prevalent those days. One, the men, qawmun ma'ahum asyat. They're the men, they have the whoops and they lash people and make zulam and oppress. Second one, Wanisaun Kasiatun Ariatun Fil Akhira, those women who think they are dressed but they'll be naked in the year after because they wear such clothes that are see through and transparent. Bukht on their head they have the big Eiffel Tower and so forth, the buns. Lamia Jidna Rai Hatal Jannah, never mind Jannah, even the fragrance of Jannah they will not get. Authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim. Next one, the husband says, No, he likes all this. Brother, you have become the youth. The youth means kakol, that you love your wife to become like a street lady, Allah forbid. Then this type of people don't go Jannah, the Hadith in Sunan Nasai. So the husband is guilty, the wife is guilty. Both of them need to repent and beg Almighty Allah for forgiveness. Now, Mufti, can we as Muslims travel in the same flight where they serve alcohol on, Mufti? Remember, today we have no option, basically. I want to come to Cape Town, and very soon, inshallah, we will be coming. 
So I can't go tell SAA that now you can't serve alcohol. I can't tell this airline, that airline. So it's beyond our control. La yukallifullahu nafsan illa wasaha. Allah has not burdened any person except, you know, according to his means. They only want two airlines that I know in the whole world. They don't serve alcohol. One is Saudi airline and, you know, Egypt airline. I know previously they were not serving currently. I'm not 100% sure. So you must remember that this has become a big issue. So we can't help it nowadays. So then we just travel and obviously we're not going to drink the alcohol, but we must stay away from it because we all know it's absolutely haram. Sugar indeed, Mufti. Uh, just a reminder, so I see sometimes people request Mufti to answer a question again that was answered uh, last week or in a previous program. So what we say to you is uh, all our Q&A programs uh, um, every Thursday, a couple of days later, you will get it on Iona FM. So it's quite easy. All you do is go to our website, vocfm.co.za, go to podcasts and uh, snippets from shows. You follow that link. That will take you to all our programs on, uh, on Iona FM. Look out for the program Q&A and you will get uh, that particular program and you will have your own time. You can download it, send it to someone else, listen to the program and get all the answers there of our previous program, inshallah. For now, what we're going to do is pay the bills. When we come back, we'll be in the last few minutes of our program Q&A. Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape. to the last few minutes of our pro- program Q&A on 91.3 FM uh, and then of course we'll end off with a nasiha from Mufti but first uh, we can squeeze in one or two it says uh, Mufti can Mufti please explain how one can find uh, answers after making Salatul Istikhara especially for making uh, it to get married to someone you must read the dua my brother sister Allahumma oh beloved Allah khirli khara khirli Oh, beloved Allah, you select the best for me and you choose for me. These words are mentioned by Imam Tirmidhi, the hadith of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa You are a brother, now you don't know what you get married to Aisha or to Fatima. So now you see in your heart, you read this dua and the feeling came, marry Fatima. So you marry Fatima, the feeling came, marry Aisha, you marry Aisha. Or, or, or conversely, that the lady now must she marry Umar or Usman. So Umar came, so you marry Umar. So read Allahumma khirli wakhtarli. And once you made a decision, put your trust in Allah and don't allow the waswasa and whisperings of shaitan to get the better of you. Next question, it says, Mufti, I would like to know, the minute I make my hudu, my wind comes out, and I'm a disabled person, it's difficult for me to make hudu again. Can I read... Uh, my salah again and also I love to perform my salah yes alhamdulillah all my Allah give you shifai kamil what you need to do brother is this that if one two times only the wind comes out then you cannot read salat without performing wudu either you get a helper or family member to assist you then you check your diet as well you know maybe you're eating something that is causing too much wind or otherwise just contact the pharmacist they have medication for this type of thing and all my Allah make it easy 
for you and read the dua. Ya Allah, protect me from walahan. Then Nabi alayhi salam said, Inna lil wudu'i shaitan an yuqalu lahu al-walahan. The hadith in Tirmidhi, W-A-L-A-H-A-N. This walahan is blowing your fuses as well, brother. Shukran indeed, Mufti. That then concludes our question for this evening. Quite a few questions that we still need to answer. But of course, as Mufti said at the beginning of the program, Mufti going away to Mauritius this next week, inshallah. So we will have that pre-recorded so you can look forward to your answers. That leaves us with three minutes for some beautiful nasiha to end off, inshallah. In our new South Africa, the values of people, generally speaking, has decreased and we see so much zina, fornication, adultery. We are Muslims. All Mecca Allah Jalla Wala teaches us, Wala taqrabu zina, to not even go near fornication and adultery. Now, how do we go near it nowadays? We see a boy and girl, dead. they say we are just friends. It's a platonic relationship. They are not touching one another. This is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لَا يَخْلُوَنَّ رَجُلٌ بِمْرَأَتِينَ إِلَّا وَسَالِتُ مَا الشَّيْطَانِ Whenever there's a strange male and a strange female and they're alone with one another, the third party there is shaitan. So make sure, my dear brother, my dear sister, that we're never alone with the opposite gender, strange people, because we are compromising ourselves. Second one, Quran Kareem teaches us Surah 24, Surah Nur, verses 30 and 31. And all Almighty Allah mentioned it separately. Tell the believing men to lower their gazes and protect their private parts. The next verse, And you, the believing women, you lower your gazes and protect your private part. Now today we want to ogle, we want to see what is on the TV, what is on the beach, what Khan'an he saw and does so, and then we get involved, Allah forbid. And each one, my dear brother, sister, learn these two, three simple du'as. Allahumma hassin farji. You know, hisnun in Arabic means a fort, F-O-R-T. So you should protect yourself from the enemy. Allahumma hassin farji. Oh, beloved Allah, you fortify, you protect my private part. We use it in halal places only, not haram places. And for all, remember, brother, sister, this is the best thing that can happen. The boy is a virgin, the girl is a virgin, there was no tribal business and all that. Then they get married. And you read the du'a, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata ayun. Oh Allah, grant us such spouses and progeny and children that are the coolness of the eyes. And then you will see what a pure, chaste life you will lead. Our children will be chaste as well, inshallah. And you read, Ya wadud, Ya wadud. So remember, there is no place for fornication, adultery, boyfriend, girlfriend. We need to be Muslim and send the message of Islam to all we are the pure people and chaste people and not the people who make others jermak no so may all Allah protect us all from all vices I have to run for Maghrib now shukran jazeelan barakallahu feek salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and that of course was uh, the honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein and shukran of course to all of you for all your questions and for tuning in this evening as I said uh, looking forward next week we'll have Q&A same place, same time on a Thursday evening, inshallah.
Well, in conclusion, from our side, also a very, very special message that I need to send out. And of course, uh, that goes out to my Buddha, Walid Machit, out in Gatesville. He will be celebrating his birthday tomorrow. Buddha, may Allah grant you all of the khair, barakah, happiness, good health, and everything that is beautiful, inshallah. And of course, that comes from all of us, uh, that being uh, Mama, Papa, and especially your best friend, who is my son, Adam. Uh, and of course, uh, shukran to you. That goes to my brother, Walid Majid, for his birthday tomorrow. For now, we're going to cross over to very shorty to Buddha Talib Samai that will be keeping us entertained, not just for his nasiha for the sawa, but also for the dhikr this evening as well, all the way from Paul, inshallah. Shukran, Buddha Rashad. Until the next time, I greet you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.